0: Oh, hey there. Don't mind me. I'm just over here slamming some lemon Oreos because apparently they have superpowers or something. Here's to you, Pete Nance. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, February 27th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in. Coming up on today's show, we recap North Carolina's victory over Virginia, the Carolina women's victory over Duke, and we look ahead to a massive game tonight at Florida State. Whew. They did it, and here's the biggest thing I learned from Carolina's win over Virginia. The capability is there, but the consistency is not. And and here's what I mean. Carolina picks up their biggest win of the season, 71-63, over the number six team in the country. Currently, it's a quad one victory. It's not the only quad one, uh, not their first one of the season. But the only one on their resume so far, the the Ohio State game, for example, was a quad one and is now not because Ohio State is bad. (laughs) So we got to be careful with how we say that. Some people have been saying, oh, it's North Carolina's first quad one win of the season. Well, not true, but it's the only one that is one right now. Currently, the Tar Heels are tied for seventh in the ACC standings with Wake Forest and an opportunity to hopefully keep moving up. So seriously, I I know I was joking with the Lemon Oreos. For those of you listening uh, in in traditional forms and not watching, I'm legitimately eating some Lemon Oreos over here. Pete Nance, the MVP of this game. Not the most points he scored in his Carolina career, but his best all-around game as a Tar Heel. And to that point, to those who have been giving him a hard time you have to now equally as much praise him, right? Like it's fine to heap uh, constructive criticism on players or coaches or whomever, when they don't perform well, but in the same breath, you darn well better be giving them equally as much praise when they do perform. Uh, uh, Like to, to this point I mentioned on Friday's show, how is Carolina going to perform in this game against Virginia? Now that they have, Pete Nance and Armando Bacot playing. Remember, they they didn't essentially Mondo didn't in the first time around. And I got to tell you, I received a lot of well, it's a net loss because of Pete Nance, or um, a lot of grumbling and complaining as Pete Nance has continued to start. So anyway, give this man his flowers for this one. Twenty-two points on seven of ten shooting overall. Four of four from three. Four of four from the free throw line two rebounds, two assists. Oh, four blocks. Yeah, that happened. And a steal. It was his third 20 point game as a Tar Heel. And here's the thing. This version of Pete Nance is a complete difference maker for the Tar Heels. They are an infinitely better team when Pete Nance plays as he did on (laughs) Saturday often operating out of the high post. Uh, we had had that high low game on Wednesday night uh, that he and, and Armando had going on and, and once with RJ Davis as well, we didn't really see that against Virginia. They attempted one, but but he uh, threw it a little bit too far over Mondo's head. But I, I loved how aggressive Pete was. I love the team operated through him more. And so that is would love that. Uh, again, the capability is there, but the consistency has not been. And, and so you've likely, going back to the Oreos, you've likely heard the story by this point, if not, that um, Coach Davis found out at some point this week in, in his one-on-one, remember he likes to have each player come by his office every week to talk, that, that Pete, uh, his favorite cookie is lemon Oreos. Coach Davis had never heard of them. And Pete, when he went to take his pregame nap on Coach Davis's couch, On Saturday, found a package of these lemon Oreos waiting on him. P.S. So weird and funny. We just had these sitting around our house. My wife loves them. I never eat them, but randomly. Earlier on Saturday, I ate one. And so uh, now this is apparently a a new go where you go, do what you do for me. I'm going to have to have a lemon Oreo prior to every game so that I can channel my inner Pete. Nance. But this to me also is a reminder of why Hubert Davis is such a great coach. Um, Beyond the X's and O's, just his ability to connect with his players, his desire to uh, do the, the mantra. One of the mantras I live by in the workplace is publicly defend, privately rebuke. And that's what coach Davis does with his players. He defends them publicly and rebukes them privately when needed. But again, this is a great reminder about the biggest thing I'm learning about this team. Say it with me now. The capability is there. The consistency is not. Pete has not been as consistent as he would have liked this year. He'll be the first to say it. You don't have to tell him, right? Like he owns it. He gets it. Um, but, But you saw it on Saturday. It can be there. And it's not just Pete. It's this team. Think about it. They could have and probably should have beaten Alabama, who is arguably the best team in the country right now. It's them or Houston. Um, You saw it uh, like in the the weirdness between Notre Dame and Virginia. Remember, against Notre Dame, just 19 points in the first half. Notre Dame ranks as the 274th most defensive efficient team at Ken Palm. 19 total points in the entire first half. And then you turn around and face Virginia, who's 29th in defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. And Carolina drops 21 in the first 10 minutes. Explain that to me. You can't, except for the capability is there, but the consistency is not. Of all the losses, still, still 11 losses and only one is by double digits. And that was to Indiana, who just knocked off Purdue at Purdue on Saturday night. As Carolina was coming off that West Coast trip. Coming off a of four overtime game, didn't get to go back to Chapel Hill, hadn't been home in forever. That's the only time they've been beaten by double digits. The capability is there, but the consistency is not. It shows up in shooting as Carolina has been up and down. All season long, we're going to talk some more about three-point shooting here in just a little bit. It shows up in assist percentage when it feels like it's back and forth between one game is plus, 57, uh, plus 50%, the next game is under 50%. It shows up in energy and engagement. For example, in this one, had great energy engagement from Caleb Love, who while he didn't have a good shooting game, like very admittedly, he was engaged and contributed in other ways. Eight rebounds for Caleb. Um, had some great individual defense. There was a possession of Virginia's where he essentially single-handedly forced a shot clock violation. Uh, Leaky Black's another one. Energy and engagement. Only three field goal attempts in this game, but was everywhere. He matched Pete Nance's blocks with four of his own. The capability is there, but the consistency is not. It shows up in home versus road splits. Just three road wins, and then you do like this at home. As Remember Carolina? Shot the lights out against Clemson at home a couple Saturdays ago. Shot the lights out against Virginia on this Saturday. Can they do it on the road? They haven't this year. Remember, just three road wins at Louisville, at Syracuse, and at Notre Dame. Not exactly a murderer's row of ACC teams. And they desperately need a fourth one of these on the road tonight, Monday night at Florida State, who thankfully is also not a murderer's row, but can the capability and the consistency be there? That's the question going into this game tonight when they have a massive chance to show that the consistency can match the capability in a very quick turnaround. I've been saying it a lot, a lot, a lot survive in advance, survive and advance. They won at Notre Dame. They survived. <laughs> they survived, right? That's the word there. They won versus Virginia. I thought they did more than survive. I thought they won well, but now, None of that matters if you don't follow it up with a win in Tallahassee on Big Monday on ESPN on Monday night. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. So, great game from Pete Nance, MVP of the game. Carolina showed their capability, and now, I know it's the end of the season, but there's still opportunities to do it. Match that capability with consistency. Well, I want to give you my four corners recap of this game, as we always do following North Carolina basketball games, as well as my shady stat of the game. And this is a season long trend I'm noticing that I want to share with you. I'll do all that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We're essentially just two months past the holiday season. And I don't know about you, but I'm trying to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to do that without sacrificing taste, then Bilt Bar is perfect for you. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, first off, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie and churro. And I'm not sure how Bilt does it. But they taste so good while still maintaining great macros. Just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and yet 17 grams of protein. And perhaps best of all, now you don't have to wait around for an order to come from Built.com because you can find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head on down to Walmart, grab you a four-count box of cookies and cream, or if you got that big old family, head over to Sam's Club and get a bulk order. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Built Bar, a proud sponsor. Of the Locked On Network. Before we get to our four corners, let me also encourage you to check out our brand new show on the Locked On Network, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. And folks, it is two days from March, so you want to be sure you're checking out the entire college basketball landscape. So Locked On College Basketball, it's available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. All right, our four corners recap are always tribute to Coach Dean Smith and his famous offensive style there, the four corners. Number one on our four corners recap from North Carolina versus Virginia. Carolina built a lead, and while they didn't necessarily extend it, they were able to maintain it and stave off a desperate Virginia team. North Carolina led by as many as 17 in the first half. They led by 16 at halftime. And you might recall Virginia came out a second out of halftime. They had made some adjustments, got like a 5-0, 7-0 run start. Yeah, it was 7-0 because they cut the lead down to nine. But then Carolina responded right after that. Armando had an offensive rebound and put back. And then um, Carolina just kept responding every time Virginia pushed. Uh, they, they noticed the adjustments. Virginia was attacking the rim more capably than they had done so in the first half. And outside of the final 20 seconds, when Virginia got the lead down to six with some desperation shots, Carolina never let them get any closer than eight throughout the second half. It was a comfortable lead, a comfortable game. Carolina obviously had to play hard, but it was nice. I mean, you're able to save uh, a little bit of effort and legs for the game at Florida State Tonight, And so again, they didn't necessarily extend the lead. You'd love to see them push out ahead, but uh, Virginia is such a well-coached team under Tony Bennett. um, So this will certainly do the trick, at least holding that lead and not letting Virginia come back and beat you. And we've seen examples of Carolina losing leads time and time again this season. Keep in mind, after that three-point barrage in the first half, when Carolina made nine, they only hit one in the second half. You'd love to hit more, but what it also tells me is that the Tar Heels are finding other ways to get offense, even when the threes aren't falling. And that's critically important. Why? Because the threes haven't been following, uh, falling exactly often this season. So that's four corners point. Number one, number two, I started to notice something. RJ Davis has been shooting not as well lately, and that's been true ever since he re-injured the index finger of his shooting hand against Syracuse uh, several weeks ago. And then he started Saturday's game against Virginia shooting two of three from deep, and I thought, oh, RJ's finding his form, and I started squinting, and I noticed something. The tape on RJ's finger that has been there is gone. RJ is no longer playing with that tape on his finger. Now, I... Whether that's because it's healed or because it's just like, man, forget this. Screw it. I'm not shooting well with the tape on. I got to get it off. Whatever the reason, the tape is gone and RJ shot a lot better. Remember, he had a difficult start to the season while his finger was healing and then as it did and the tape came off, he got to the point of being lights out was shooting over 50 percent from three for a stretch of about seven games there before that in re-injury at Syracuse. And frankly, he hasn't been the same shooting since then. And it's understandable why. Right. Like the just the mechanics and all the little nitpicky things of shooting form are, are so finicky that just something even like that can throw it off. With the tape gone in this game, 16 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, including 4 of 4 from the free throw line, where he's been able to maintain an ACC leading pace. So you love to see that from RJ. But here's the other great thing. It's not just his scoring. 10 rebounds for this 6-foot flat dude. Uh, I I don't want to hear about anybody else not being able to get to the glass because that is now RJ's third double-double of the season, and it ain't assists. All three of those are points, and rebounds and so when you include the national championship game last year where rj had a career high 12 rebounds that's now four games in his career where he's had double digit rebounds oh and by the way it's not just that he had four assists to lead the team in this game good things happen folks when you share the ball as a team carolina had 12 assists on 22 made baskets. Remember we talked about that up and down wave, the capabilities there, but the consistency is not. Well, thankfully they did well assisting in this game over 50%. Another thing that I love to see from RJ in this game, and, and this might be part of the coaching staff putting this in is that he was posting up Kihei Clark didn't always work to success. Um, But it was a different wrinkle that I thought was a great wrinkle. You're not always going to have guards as diminutive as Clark. But when you do, I thought it was a great opportunity for RJ to do just that. Love to see it. Number three in our four corners recap. Quietly, perhaps. Because of all the noise that's not quiet around Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis is now three and one in his young head coaching career against Virginia and specifically against Tony Bennett. He's a good coach. Now, are there things that we, we disagree with how he handles them? Yeah. Are there things that he does different than coach Williams? Yeah. Or coach Smith? Yeah, absolutely. He's still finding his rhythm. I totally get and understand that, but he is doing good things. In fact, In the first half on Saturday, North Carolina scored 42 points against Virginia, 42 points against Virginia. Now that might seem rare, except for they also scored 42 or more points last year against Virginia in a half in coach Davis's first season, the first, uh, the second half of the game on January 8th, last year, Carolina scored 43. So that's now two of in Two of the first eight halves that Hubert Davis teams have played against Virginia, they've scored 42 or more points. Prior to that, the last time Carolina scored at least 42 points and a half against Virginia was way back on February 16th of 2013, almost a decade ago from right now since you know these last two times where Carolina has had 42 points or more and a half against Virginia. I know there are frustrations. I hear that and I get it. But the man, Hubert Davis, is now 3-1 and one against a national champion winning coach in Tony Bennett, who is respected at the highest levels of the game. Hubert Davis, he's doing it. Number four on our four corners recap. Really didn't get much of Armando Baycott in this game. Just six field goal attempts. He did have 11 points and six boards. His, his just is a lot of people's great game. But still, by his standards, that is a just 11 points and 6 rebounds. Also, only 1 assist and 3 turnovers, 0 blocks. And so the question this brings up for me, and the reason I put it in the recap here, is it possible for both Armando and Pete to both have big games and both operate well, or is it just a function of their two skill sets where one will have a game and the other won't, or vice versa? Now, maybe in this one, it could have been them both with Pete operating well outside the arc going four of four from three, but, but it wasn't the case in this one where Pete had the big game and and Mondo was just there. Now, listen, you know, Mondo, he's going to be happy if the team's getting a W regardless of the numbers in his stat line. And so that's a big win. It was just, it was interesting to me. And it, it felt like the team operated more through Pete, like in the high post than it did through Mondo. Some of that Could have been the plan from the coaching staff. It could have been a function of gameplay or Armando's foul trouble that he experienced. But just something worth noting. So that's the Four Corners recap. Finally, from this section, the shady stat of the game. We can't get out of here with talking about the three-point shooting in this game. Carolina, uh, season-long, man, been very interesting, and here's why. They've played 29 games now. We know, uh, if you've been paying attention and tracking, that Carolina is having one of the worst three-point shooting seasons in Carolina history. It, it could be literally the worst three-point shooting game in Carolina history. Let's use 35% as our benchmark, which they surpassed in this game. In the 21 games that Carolina has been under 35% shooting from three, they have gone 10 and 11 this season. In the eight games where they've shot 35% or better from three this season, any guesses? Eight and Eight and this season when the Tar Heels shoot 35% or better from three. So that's something that you want to keep trying to do. <laughs> Shady stat of the game there. Carolina doing well. 35% is the benchmark we're going for. Well, I do want to give us a recap of Carolina women's regular season ending victory at Cameron Indoor stadium and a primer of the game at Florida state tonight. And we'll do both of those in just a second. North Carolina women win to close out the regular season after a heartbreaking loss at home to Virginia Tech on Thursday. The score was 45-41 to over Duke. Interestingly, no Tar Heel made it into double digits. Three of them had nine points, though, a nice, good, balanced offensive attack while holding Duke to about 30% shooting. That defense has been really strong for Carolina this season. Interestingly, it was a very low-scoring First half, 16 total points for the Tar Heels, 20 for Duke. Not that the second half was much more, but uh, both these teams are really strong defensively. With that in mind, I thought Carolina was done for. We had 638 to go in the game, again, in Cameron Indoor Stadium, and Duke had pulled away to a 36-29 lead. The Tar Heels had yet to score in the fourth quarter. and Things were looking bleak, quite frankly. But from that point, North Carolina closed this game on a 16 to 5 run. That's the type of run we've been talking about with the guys all season long that we would like to see from them, right? Like closing out a game in that fashion. And that's exactly what the ladies did. And it came from a a multitude of sources, not just like Deja Kelly, right? It started with Paulina Paris hitting four clutch free throws to get Carolina within uh, I believe it was one there. And then uh, Duke got a basket and then Kennedy Todd off an offensive rebound. I was like, oh, dang it. But Kennedy Todd Williams then hit a three to tie it up off a nice kickout, by the way, from Kayla McPherson. She had a lane uh, to the rim and I was like, oh man, here comes freshman Kayla McPherson. We've seen her go up with that quite a few times this season. No found Kennedy Todd Williams over in the corner for the three. That is an undervalued play from Kayla McPherson way to go there. Um, And then Kennedy Todd Williams hit two free throws after that to take a lead. And it was a lead that the Tar Heels would not relinquish. And then Deja Kelly did take care of the rest of things uh, from there for the win. So Carolina goes into the ACC tournament, which starts Wednesday, by the way, as the number seven seed. They're actually tied for sixth in the conference with Miami, but lost the one head-to-head game, and so Carolina is the seven seed. So the Tar Heels will play on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network. They'll take on the winner of Clemson and Pitt, whom, by the way, the Tar Heels went undefeated against in the regular season. So that bodes well for the ACC tournament. We'll keep you up to date on all of that as we go along. Okay, let's switch back to the guys one more time because immediately after this Virginia game, you got to turn around, fly to Tallahassee, and get ready to take on what's quite frankly one of Leonard Hamilton's worst teams in uh, at, at Florida state in his tenure. And you hate to see it. Cause I don't know about you. I love Leonard Hamilton as a coach. Uh, his teams are always competitive. They're long and rangy and athletic. So it's kind of a bummer to see them down kind of like Louisville too. You know, it's just like, man, that's part of what's bringing the ACC down this year is, is these typically perennially good teams not being as strong. Anyway, seven o'clock Eastern time on ESPN inside the Donald L. Tucker center. This will be Leaky Black's 152nd game as a Tar Heel, tying Deion Thompson for the most in a Carolina career. Obviously, a lot of that is due in part to Leaky playing a fifth year, uh, but still, it is what it is. And then fittingly, he will set a new Carolina career record for most games played on Saturday against Duke to close out the regular season. you probably are thinking in your head, oh boy, Tallahassee, that is a place where Carolina struggles to win. And if you're thinking that, you're spot on. The Tar Heels have lost three straight down in Florida, in Tallahassee there. And so they're going to have to bring it. But Ken Palm, the line does have North Carolina favored by nine points. Because again, this is not a great Florida State team. So let me give you my four points of the what to watch for the W2W four. Number one, consistency. We hammered this home hard off the top. Pete Nance was the MVP. The capability is there, but where's the consistency? So many things you could say that about this season with the Tar Heels. I see the capability. It pops up here and there and everywhere, but the consistency is not there. Carolina has now rattled off back-to-back victories at Notre Dame at home against Virginia. And the question is, can they, can they, Get a third straight victory, something they have not done with uh, much, again, let's just say consistency this season. We're going to have to watch that. In fact, um, if they're able to get this three game winning streak, one, two, three, it would just be the fourth three game or more winning streak this season for the Tar Heels. So we're looking for that consistency, not just in winning, but in all facets of the game, which lead to winning. And remember, survive in advance we're looking one game at a time one half at a time one four minute period at a time and literally one play at a time because every single play matters when you are fighting for your life you don't want to get into a point we've talked about this where you're in the final two three four minutes of a game and you have to get a stop or you have to get a basket to win you want to take care of stuff in minutes one through four like run Florida state off the floor to start this game right like, that's what you do. And then you keep extending, keep expanding. That's how you win this game. Speaking of which, what to watch for? Point number two. Can North Carolina avoid playing down to their competition? Let's just face it Florida State is bad, right? Like, I, I'm not besmirching their good name. They're just not a good basketball team this year. They're outside the top 200 at Ken Palm. They're nine and 20 overall, seven and 13 in ACC play, meaning they only had two wins in the non-conference portion of the schedule. They do have seven wins in ACC play, but listen to who they've beaten. Two of those seven are Louisville. Two of those seven are Notre Dame, and one of them is Georgia Tech. So they've done well against other bottom feeders in conference play. Now, they do have two wins, interestingly, on the road against teams right at the top of the conference. They won at Pittsburgh and they won at Miami. In fact, that was just on Saturday on a buzzer beater from Matthew Cleveland after Miami had just taken a lead. And so that's something to watch for is what kind of mindset is, is Florida State in? Are Like, oh, man, we were, uh, you know, right there with. Miami and we we beat them and so now we're we're feeling good and energized or did that take it out of them playing an in-state rival and having this big energized thing Um, and that was at Miami so they're having to travel uh, back to Tallahassee just like North Carolina is having to travel down to Tallahassee and so keep that in mind as well but this you know with Florida State not being good this year you expect it to not be exactly a raucous crowd Um, so can Carolina create their own energy can Tar Heels fans show up and get some of those tickets and make it feel a little bit more of a home environment. But the biggest thing, can Carolina, like we were just talking about with consistency, just race this thing out of the gate and never look back? That's what you're looking to do. Number three on the W2W4, let's go back to that three point shooting. Remember the threshold we talked about? 35%. You're not guaranteed to lose without it because Carolina has 10 wins in, in the 21 games. They did not shoot 35%. But so far this year, you are guaranteed to win if you hit at least 35% of your threes are the Tar Heels. Remember, they're 8-0 and in those games. <clears throat> but the question is, if those threes aren't falling, will the, will the Heels continue to force those shots up or will they work to find other ways to be offensively efficient? whether it's operating through Pete Nance, whether it's just pounding the ball to Mondo, whether it's Caleb attacking the rim, whatever it may be, Leaky attacking the rim. Uh, You'd love for the three-point shots to fall. And again, we're looking for 35%, but if not, what do you do to make up for it? And then what to watch for point number four. A lot of the production lately has come solely from the starting five and Puff Johnson. In fact, there were eight bench points on Saturday. All of those were Puffs. Um, Two... Uh, like back-to-back threes essentially and then had two other points so who can be an unexpected help is it maybe jalen washington who has the requisite length and athleticism against a florida state team that is the second tallest team in division one is it seth trimble's athleticism matching up with Florida state. I'll, I'll be watching for that curiously because, um, against a team like Florida state, you can't just do it with five, six guys because they, they just run out a bunch of dudes at you. And so North Carolina is going to have, have to have others to do it. We're going to watch for it. What are we looking for? Consistency and capability. They have capability. We need the consistency lemon Oreos. (laughs) Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up tomorrow, obviously, we will be recapping the hopefully, fingers crossed, win over Florida State. You can follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Would love for you to reach out through email as well. Locked on Tar Heels at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show a hundred subscribers shy of 5,000 would love to get there by the end of March madness this year, smash the like button, leave some great comments and for your second listen of the day, once again, check out our brand new podcast locked on college basketball where myself and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. We're getting you ready for March madness, all the bubble talk, all sorts of great stuff going on. Please come join us. there. locked on college basketball available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Monday hanging out talking Carolina sports with me. And I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, lemon Oreos. Hmm.